Today in the press and on the radio, the American career girl, married or single, is a favorite subject for discussion. All right, Miss Bates. We'd like to try to find out how determined a career girl you are. Now, if you'd please answer these questions. And here is your first question. How capable do you feel yourself of handling any emergency? I think I'd be able to manage most any emergency. Why, Miss Bates? Well, I suppose it's because I feel I can make decisions fairly easily. Do you feel that some girls have too much talent and ability to waste on a home and children? Yes, I think many girls do, 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 do. Uh, he wasn't prepared for that. He wasn't prepared for that. But he knew that so many of, of his supporters were anti-choice. I refuse to say pro-life ever since there were pro-life people killing abortionists. By the way, regards to you for your work helping just with the referral service and everything. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, th I think of, of, of it as more freedom. A good example is when I interviewed Ken Kesey, and it turned out uh, we were talking about the fact that abortions were still illegal. Because usually people thought uh, that doctors, if they performed an abortion when it was, when it was illegal, that they should uh, be arrested and convicted. And, you know, I got the call before two different cities where the district attorneys subpoenaed me, hmm. and they bluffed. Like the one in New York said that he would give me immunity if I testified before the oh, grand gosh. jury because they have the records of, of the uh, money that I was given to by the doctors, and I never got a penny from the doctors. Right, right, and right, so, right, right, yeah. And so I, I refused to shake hands with him, you know, because he thought, oh, I, I'll have immunity. And I, and I, but because you didn't take any money, you knew that he was lying. That's exactly. Yeah, that's that, the way they do it. So, you know, let, let, me, let me ask about that, because these things, I don't know how the hell you, you decided to do some of this shit. Like, I don't know what made you decide, okay, I'm this New York... Uh, editor, I got this small paper and I'm going to go on to this incredibly risky thing just to help refer abortions. How have you always had these kinds of instincts to say this is right and I'm just going to fucking do it? It was organic. I remember there was a magazine, a Look magazine, and it said that there were no, about abortion and it said there are no humane doctors that, that they're just in it for the money, something like that. And I knew of Dr. Spencer in Ashland, Pennsylvania, uh, he had uh, a reputation, and it turned out to be that he was a subscriber, <laughs> so that I, that I felt comfortable. Yeah, that's um, great. I, I wrote him a letter and asked him for an interview, because uh, I wanted to point out that it was a lie in the magazine that said that they're all infant money, but I promised him that I would go to prison sooner than identify him. Wow. Was that a concern of his, or did you just volunteer that as like a... I just volunteered it. Wow. Uh, so he would know. And he invited me to come there. I had a huge webcore tape recorder, weighed half a ton, and uh, did it. And so when I published it, I began to get calls from people, uh, women who um, were pregnant and didn't want to be and didn't know where to go. And um, huh. this was of different ages, different classes. Yeah. I mean, I remember one that it really was the one that had the most force of it. It was a nurse who called, and she couldn't get a doctor to help her hmm. uh, from a hospital. or. Wow. So I referred her to Dr. Spencer. She knew I had a little daughter, and she sent me a doll, a, a lion. 
And so Holly, my daughter, uh, named it uh, Lenny the Lion after hmm. Lenny Bruce. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so I began to get more and more calls. And I, I couldn't say no. You know, this was not an abstract placard saying, peace now. Yeah. Um, uh, this was uh, somebody that I, I could help. Uh, and huh. um, wow. so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't say no. People who I could help. Because there were so many things going on in the world that you can't help. So I never thought that I would become a, uh, an underground abortion referral service, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it became my calling <laughs> in a way. Did you do it right up until the 70s, or how long did you continue to help people out? I stopped when I moved to San Francisco, but by that time there were others, there were Protestant ministers who were doing it, who were referring people. And then a writer, I still can't remember her name, in the Village Voice, mm -hmm. mentioned that I was doing it. At that point, I think I would get like maybe six or seven calls a day, every day. Wow. Um, but you then when it. I moved to San Francisco, I, I left my practice behind me. So what was, <laughs> that's good. What was, so what did the, the service or the referral service entail? Somebody would call you and then you, were you just basically an operator? You just would say, here, would you also facilitate in some way to then call the doctor? Well, they were, they were, they were concerned. Some of them, you know, gave me information that shocked me. One who had had an abortion once before, but it wasn't from a doctor. You know, it was a butcher in the alley kind of thing. Oh, geez. And, and so she went to the hospital, and the hospital in those days, uh, the doctors would call the police. Police would come, and the cops would say that they, they should not give her a painkiller until she gave them the information they wanted. Oh my god. People don't realize that. I, well, I, I guess, so just like specifically, the process was somebody would call you, they would communicate their story to you, and then what would you do? Would you What, what was the, the function of the service? Would you then... I would say, do you have a pen? <laughs> and I would give him his number. 